We are absolutely delighted to have the representatives from Love, Inc. Uh, Carla Wisland is, the, I believe, the executive director there. I'm going to invite her to come and introduce her team to you. Uh, but just before she does that, let me just pray uh, uh, for them as we consecrate this time uh, to the Lord. Let us pray. God, we are so grateful for the work that you're doing in the church and through organizations like Love, Inc., Today, God, you are giving us the privilege of hearing what it is that you're doing through this ministry. We thank you for their ministry to this community. We thank you for their staff who give many hours of taking care of the poor, the needy, the homeless. I'm sure, God, that the calls sometimes are distressing and overwhelming. Sometimes they wonder exactly how to meet the needs that are coming in. God, I pray that you would continue to multiply their resources, both their uh, physical resources as well as their spiritual and emotional resources, so that their cup would never be empty, their cupboards would never be empty, the resources that they need to share with the community would always be replenished. God, we pray that you would continue to give wisdom to their board and to their staff, that as they do this important work, they may sense, God, that they're involved in kingdom work. God, as they come this morning to share with us uh, the things that you're doing in their ministry and whatever else you have laid on their hearts, we ask your blessings upon them and upon this time. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please receive the people from Loving? Thank you so much. Thank you for that prayer. That was beautiful and much needed at all times. And so... Um, Thanks for having us here today. Um, I just love Pastor Griffin and his wife. And um, as you know, I or may not know, I was here the first week in in January um, to receive the gift of your generous Christmas offering for loving. And um, while I was here, you know, I've since they've been here a short time, they've already gotten very involved in the community and. In fact, Randy is now volunteering in our clearinghouse to answer calls as well. So I think they're just a fabulous addition to this community. And when I was here um, early January, I told Pastor Theo after I could really feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I, I really did. I liked the way at the end of the service when he said every head bowed and every eye closed and raise your hand if something touched you, you know, and, and it's like that opportunity was there. Not only was it a beautiful message, but then that opportunity was offered and time was given for, for your response. So, um, again, I just, I want to thank you for, for having us here today. I've also got Sonny Box with me, who's the clearinghouse coordinator. And then we both brought our husbands who like to worship with us. So <laughs> they get to come along too when we do our loving days. So thank you for your support. So, um, I often tell people what Love Inc. is not first. Um, first of all, Love Inc. is not Love Incorporated. Okay. And Love Inc. is not a dating service. <laughs> Although you may meet the love of your life through Love Inc. So I'll tell you what it is. Um, Love Inc. is a small nonprofit that's faith-based, 
It's been here in Hancock County since 2004, but we're actually part of a larger organization that now has about 135 affiliates across the country and even um, several in Kenya and Africa. So it's been around since 1977 well over 40 years now. Um, your Hancock County Love, Inc., we are an ind independent affiliate, um, even though we go by the same mission and vision and core values as national. We do our own um, support. We have a very, very low operating budget, and as far as staff goes, it's just Sonia and I full-time, and we have one part-time, uh, Melissa, and the rest is volunteers. So um, we utilize a lot of the volunteers are just people from the congregations in the community. Right now there's over 106 churches and almost half of them either partner with us somehow or um, send referrals our way. So we're very grateful. We all are are Christian. It is a Christian organization, so we, we go by those core values. Um, our mission is to mobilize the churches to transform lives and communities in the name of Christ. And what a glorious name it is. We don't take it lightly because everything we do and we say is in his name. It was like the song we were singing, you know, that it's a big calling. So I appreciate your prayer. And um, we, we definitely want to always uphold that and, and, and be a servant for the Lord. So how do we help? people? Well, we do an intake process where we um, ask a lot of questions. The volunteers um, will listen to the stories and ask questions and just uncover. The needs are varied. They can be from utility assistance to um, food pantry type assistance to all kinds of different things. We never know from call to call what it's going to be. And so prayers for God's discernment and God's wisdom are offered every every morning with our devotionals. But by this intake process, then we're able to determine if that's a legitimate need or not, and then connect people to the resources that are out there through the other nonprofits and the other agencies, but then also through the churches. A lot of the churches will have their own, we call it a gap ministry, where we're able to connect people to things like furniture, appliances, um, medical supplies, um, baby and nursery supplies, paper and cleaning products, things that um, might just temporarily kind of help them to get over over the little hump that they need. We certainly don't want to just put Band-Aids on it. And we don't want to just give things out constantly. So for that reason, we also have our transformational ministry, which offers workshops. And um, I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. But I wanted to just share with you, we've got the numbers added. <laughs> Last year was the highest number. I um, Population is increasing, I guess, in Hancock County, too. And so over a 1,000 calls, not just phone calls, but calls resulting in a full financial intake front and back were made last year. That's over a thousand. And so through that processing, um, 950 families were assisted, 1,287 adults and including 658 children. So it's pretty remarkable. Um, we call the callers who are either referred by churches 
to us, um, or they refer themselves, or perhaps another nonprofit might refer them, but we call them our neighbors. And so the neighbors, um, like I said, we help clear that need. So perhaps let's say somebody comes into the church and asks one of the staff members for money or a gas card. So a lot of the churches will just say, we'll call Love, Inc., and then we make sure it's legitimate. And then if you want to help, we call you back and say, yes, it's a legitimate need. We've cleared that need, and then you're you're better able to help them. Talent and time and treasures are really limited in the county, and so we want to make sure that we're best meeting the needs without overdoing it. So we also, another way we help is communicating with the churches what those gaps are. Um, For example, we learned that some of our neighbors really needed um, a handyman that could just do some odds and ends jobs to help them around the house, and so now two churches have offered um, a group of handymen that are able to go out and, and maybe just um, repair something, just so that because we all know it's expensive to get those things maybe repaired. And um, some of the other gaps, like I said, are the medical supplies, baby supplies, and paper and cleaning products. Um, And then the money management workshops that we do, right now we're finishing up a series that we partnered with Purdue Extension, and they're being held at Bethel Baptist, but they're called I Can, and it's basic life skills like I can budget my money, I can sew, I can make my own cleaning products, because they're expensive. You know, and, and so we offer these workshops, um, to, to help people and they're free. And then we also use volunteers as mentors to just walk alongside a neighbor, maybe help them through our, our money management course, which we have. It's very basic money management. It's not Dave Ramsey. It's essentially, um, and I love Dave Ramsey, but it's essentially, you know, here's what you make and here's what you're spending and one of these needs to be higher than the other. Otherwise, you're going to be in that same situation next month. So those are ways that you can actually help get involved is perhaps maybe volunteering to be a mentor or to help teach a workshop or maybe perhaps listen on the phone calls that come in. If you're a good listener, and, and we do the training, but if you're a good listener, we always ask, do you have a church home? Um, if not, can we suggest one? Do you have a Bible? Can we um, give you one? Um, and may we pray with you. So most of the time people will say yes. A few times they say no, and that's okay as well. The third part of Love, Inc. is Safe Families for Children, and that's where um Parents who are going through some kind of a short-term crisis can place their child voluntarily in a Christian home. And these Christian homes are volunteer hosts that um, are background checked and, and their homes are checked. And last year, over 85 kids were placed in 35 host families in Hancock County. So that's pretty amazing that um, it just helps to kind of alleviate maybe some neglect and abuse. So that is another way you can get involved. I thought I would just share with you um, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, but the second is equally important, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. And then the the teacher says, well, who is our neighbor? Do we know our neighbors? 
you know, your neighbor, you could turn and look to the person next to you. That's your neighbor as well. It's not always easy to love neighbors that are dirty or, or loud or obnoxious or, you know, maybe they don't feel the, uh, have faith like we do or maybe they just think differently than we do. So that makes it a little more challenging to love our neighbors in that situation. So we don't really have to look very far. And the people, our neighbors that call us are people like you and I. Maybe they have needed more help along the way. But then a lot of us are also very close to, if we had a few paychecks missing, we might be in a situation as well. So the Lord goes on and tells the story. Now, this was 2,000 years ago, but it's still applicable today. And he tells the parable of the good neighbor. And so I thought I would just turn to Luke chapter 10 and read that with you. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But because he wanted to justify himself, he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Not only is he helping him in that moment, He's going to keep helping him. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And that's what we're instructed to do is to just not just love through words, but to love through action. Otherwise, we're just a resounding gong. So um, I also wanted to share with you, in preparing for this, it kind of made me think of Mr. Rogers. So if you'll just indulge me a moment. Why did people love Mr. Rogers? Because everyone wanted to be his neighbor. Why? Because he was gentle, kind, loving, and thoughtful. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you, and I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine?
Won't you be my neighbor? It seems appropriate. We should all try to be a little bit more like Mr. Rogers from day to day. So I want to thank you again for, for having us here today. We do have a table set up out there. We always are needing volunteers. Um, our clearinghouse hours are Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 12.30, except for Wednesday when the hours are 12 to 3. We always need, um, well, there is a, a sheet that's opportunities for serving, but we always need people who um, can provide transportation that might want to be host families, that might want to just, oh, help in so many ways. So pick one of those up, please. And also, there's other information about loving, but as Pastor said, we um, are having our Love Thy Neighbor banquet um, February 13th, and we would just love to have if it, it's free, and so if a group of you want to get together for a Browns Chapel table, that would be awesome. Um, also, some other things we do throughout the year, we have an annual 5K and church expo. It's Hancock County Church Expo, and we usually have over 20 churches out on the courthouse lawn, and we sing and worship, and it's pretty awesome. We can do that right downtown. Um, you're welcome to be on that. So I just wanted to see... As pastor asks you all, and you don't have to raise your hands, but maybe the Holy Spirit is nudging you just a little bit to use your time or your talent or your treasures in some way to benefit love in the name of Christ. And so we appreciate your your prayers and your financial support. We truly do. And want to thank you again. Now, the heart of Love, Inc. is our clearinghouse, and it takes a special heart. It takes a lot of compassion, a lot of discernment, a very special person with each cost, and she does a major uh, awesome job at this, at coordinating every single need. So I'd like to introduce you to our clearinghouse coordinator, Sonny Box. Thanks for letting us come here today. I feel like just with the music we had worship, um, that song, Jesus, 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 there's something about that name. One day I came home from church and I was feeling convicted because I went to church and gossiped about somebody. And I'm at, I know, I'm like, I'm in church and I'm doing this. And so I'm cooking on the grill and while the hamburgers are cooking, I go in and I'm playing my piano and I'm playing that song, Jesus, Jesus. And you know what he said to me? It's not about how good you are. It's about how great I am. So I went back to church and I'm not going to say if I've ever gossiped, but <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. Um, I'm going to read um, quite a few verses here, but but I'm telling you what, it's good stuff. On the road to Emmaus, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces were downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? 
What things, Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. Let me repeat that. In addition, some of our women amazed us. So if you're a woman here today, you are amazing, because <laughs> the Bible says so. Okay, they went to the tomb early this morning, but did not find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, this is Jesus, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter in his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which where they were going, Jesus continued as if he was going to go on farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. Here's the good part. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and eleven and those with them assembling together and saying, It's true, the Lord is risen, and he's appeared to Simon. Then the two told him what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And I'm so thankful that this is in the Bible because I'm telling you, this can relate to 2020 for us. Think about it. The disciples' life, it, their leader, he was going to redeem Israel. I mean, they were thinking of an earthly thing. And like, ourselves and our neighbors when they call in they're in a situation and you know they had hoped hey I'm going to have a job I'm going to retire I got my life planned and maybe maybe they got let go of that job maybe you've been married 30 years and you find out your spouse has left you for someone else you know they're down and out and you know when things happen problems happen what do we do we got to talk. And when we hear our voice talk, it helps us heal. So here's these two disciples. They're walking down the road. And you know, they're like, did you see how he suffered? Did you see how he had to carry that cross? I mean, they're distraught. I mean, this is big stuff, you know. And then for somebody to not even know, it would be like having a house fire in the community and precious little people passed away and someone come up and say, what are you crying about? You know, I mean, this, this was real to them. They lost everything. And it goes on and it said, we had hoped that he was going to redeem us. And then Jesus comes along and he gives all these little things. Well, don't you remember about Moses? You know, they were in the, the desert for 40 years. Their shoes didn't wear out. I mean, I'm lucky to get a year out of a pair of shoes. You know, I mean, their their ankles didn't even swell. I mean, you know, it was just incredible. And, and the thing about this is the powerful point here. They did not recognize him until he broke the bread. And in our lives, sometimes we have to be broken before we realize either we need Jesus or he was walking with us all along. And, you know, the thing I love it, Jesus comes up and he doesn't try to, you know, give an explanation. What does he do? He starts quoting scripture. I mean, I don't know if the Bible's written that, but he's given the scripture. And I think about it in life, how we have to know our scripture so we know what to say. You know, it's not uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I have wants. I mean, it's 
the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we have people that call in Love, Inc. all the time. And I'll tell you, sometimes there's days I leave there and I go home and I cry. I called my husband last week and I cried because we were able to help a man. And it's just amazing because... When they call in, they're down and out. I mean, they're most of them. I would say 80% are down and out. And we're able to give them scripture. And in my life, there's been times, and sometimes it's my own fault, where I, I'm down and out. And the scriptures he gives me, you know, for I'm the Lord your God who takes a hold of your right hands. Don't fear. I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm going to take care of you. And then he says, I'm going to hide you in the shelter of my wings. You know, do you remember years ago, probably you went to a grandparent's house and on the wall, they had these little curio cabinets where grandma put her little things, you know, because they didn't want little Johnny to break them. And I said, you know, when it says he puts us high upon a rock, I always say that he looks down. Uh, I always pray, Lord, may I be the apple of your eye. I want him to look down and say, oh, there's my little son, son. I'm going to put her up here. I'm a protector. I mean, don't we want to be all, whatever your name is, you know, oh, there's my little Theo, you know. We all want to be precious to God. And the songs we sang today, woo, I'm telling you what, I was convicted about so much. I'm like, woo. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was a blessing. God, God ordained all that. And, and then when things are bad, things are bad. I go to my boyfriend in the Bible, Job, uh, because he has, I mean, people, people listen to Job. I mean, well, think about it. Job 1-1, in the land of us, there lived a man named Job, and he was righteous in the sight of God. Woo! Hooty hoo! I mean, if, if it says that, I mean, it means it. You know what I'm saying? And everything happened, and, and wives, be careful. When things go wrong, don't be like Job's wife and say, curse God and die, because hopefully your husband will say, am I only going to love God when things are good? But when things are bad, this is the scripture. I said, I'm going to have to have a big tombstone because this is what I want. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed yet in my own flesh, I will see God with my own eyes and not another. I mean, if that doesn't want to make you scream to think that no matter, we can lose family, we can lose homes, we can lose finances, we can get disease, but you know what? That's not the end of our story. And the thing about it is that gate is narrow, they say in the Bible, but you know what? Everybody that believes in the name of Jesus Christ is going through that narrow gate on the coattails of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not because how good we are. It's because of him. And and I want to share with you, I promise you, Love, Inc. really does love people. Um, I, there was a man um, that we had helped last year. His wife had a serious illness, cancer. And uh, anyway, we helped him, and we thought everything was good. Well, last week, or maybe two weeks ago, a social worker called, and we had worked with her, and she's sharing that, well, you know, this lady, because she was so weak, she fell, she's broke bones, she had to have surgery, the surgery, uh, the incision didn't, it was a mess. And so anyway, I called him and he's sharing his story. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I got a church. He needed $1,025. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I got a church I can call. I'll call Salvation Army. I said, can you come over here? He lives right near us. He said, sure. So while he's coming over, uh, I go in uh, Carla's office. Oh, I shouldn't tell where it is. Forget that. Anyway, so I go and I get him Walgreen cards because he shared he had to pick up some prescriptions at Walgreens for his wife. And then we had gas cards and they're all donated through churches. He comes in and we're talking and I hand that to him and I said, will this help? And he has not been able to work because he's got to take care of his wife. Okay. And they're holding his job at work for him. And he, he grabbed those 
cards. And I said, will they help? And he goes, oh, yes. And he said, you guys have been so good to us. And I said, it's not us. And I named the church that gave it. I said, it's them. God is, you know, using us. I said, we're just like a vase. And the churches and the businesses and the agencies pour into it. And then God just touches it and he blesses it. Just like um, the wedding at Canaan. You know, I've always wondered, Theo, have you ever wondered how Mary knew that Jesus could turn that water into wine? Have you, I mean, have you ever thought about that? I'm going to share something with you. Just maybe Jesus loved bologna and cheese sandwiches, okay? And so anyway, Jesus asks his mom for a sandwich, and so she's in the kitchen, you know, getting the bologna and the cheese, and she goes to the uh, refrigerator to get out the Miracle Whip. It's empty. All gone. So she calls Jesus, Jesus, lunch is ready, and he comes in there, and she says, honey, she said, your sandwich is here, but we're all out of Miracle Whip. Mom, you know, a sandwich is not a sandwich without Miracle Whip. I know, I know, but you know, but it's all right. It's just one time. Mom, give me the jar. No, Jesus, look, it's empty. Mom, give me the jar. She gives him the jar, and he whips up a miracle. Wouldn't that be great? You know, you'd be out of flour, and you'd say, hey, Jesus, come here. I don't have to go to the store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, I want to finish that story up about this man. So anyway, he's sharing with me that he they got accepted for Medicaid and that because of Medicaid, they're going to be able to get in a home health care, but it's going to be three weeks. I said, do you care to give me their number? He said, sure. Got on the phone, called, and I said, can you do something? Can you make it quicker? Boom, the following Thursday, they had in-home health care. And it's it's not us. It, it's not Carla or I or the volunteers. I'm telling you, God works things out. We had a family, an Eastern Hancock family, their home burned. And this was like a little over a year ago. And anyway, one of our volunteers did the intake. She comes in my office, and she's sitting down. And she's telling me, yeah, it's a family. They got four children, mom and dad. Their house burnt down. They're living in a camper with no running water in their barn. And just so happens, a house down the road, which was a relative's, is empty. They can move in if they have furniture. Why she's telling me this story, my phone rings. I promise you. This lady goes, yeah, my mother-in-law died, and we want to donate everything out of her house. And so, oh, I mean, that's God. You can't get people to show up on time at Applebee's, you know. And, yeah, that's that's God. And so anyway, that was on a Monday. That following Saturday, all these people, cattle trailers and work trucks from Eastern, a basketball team, and one of our furniture ministry team, they all show up. And you should have seen the couch. Oh, it was lovely. And the kitchen table had six chairs and silverware and beautiful towels. I mean, it wasn't hand-me-downs. It was, it was something, you know? And so anyway, I noticed that the, the one son, he was, that had lost his mother, he was kind of struggling. And I went over and I said, well, how are you doing? And he said, well, you know, it's kind of hard seeing mom's things go. Yeah, I, I know. And so anyway, when we're all done, it took 45 minutes to load a whole house in that, in all those vehicles. And so anyway, we stood around and we prayed and we thank God for providing, but we also prayed for that family because, you know, they've lost mom. And I said, but wouldn't your mom be glad to know that it's helping a family? And I was thinking about Joshua when he was crossing the river and he said, oh, stop, everybody grab a stone. I mean, you know, just what you want to do, carry a rock through the desert. And so anyway, 
But he said, we're going to do this in remembrance, you know, like they're sitting around the campfire and little Johnny comes up to his grandpa and says, Grandpa, what's that rock about? Well, boy, we was crossing the river and, and you know, and God stopped the water. I mean, as a reminder. So I said, think about this. All this furniture that's being donated and the kitchen table, they're going to be taking family pictures all the time, okay? Their children grow up, have kids. They come to Grandma and Grandpa's. They're thumbing through the photo books. What do they see? Oh, Mom, do you remember that couch? Oh, do you remember that kitchen table? Yeah, it was because of the fire. And the little kids say, fire? You had a fire? Yeah. And then they tell that whole story. And you know what was really incredible? Because they got that house in the summer, they were still able to go back to their property and swim in their swimming pool. Ooh. I mean, isn't that God? I mean, is God sweet? One day I'm on the phone, and I'm hard of hearing, so I talk loud. And um, we do not take king-size mattresses because most people have small little apartments. And I'm like, no, we don't take king-size mattresses. I look out, and in the clearinghouse, one of the volunteers is doing this. And she said, they want the mattress. I mean, that's God. And that's how I always know when you're in God's will. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out that smooth, but things just happen like that. And we had a lady that she had been homeless. And she went to the Hope House. They helped her get a job. And anyway, she called in, and she needed a bicycle. Okay, so we have a bicycle uh, ministry. And so anyway, we had a volunteer call and follow up. How you doing? Well, I got my bike, but it's got a flat tire. Okay, well, we'll get someone to fix your flat tire. Do you need anything else? And she said, yeah, I need coat hangers. He said, okay, I'll see what we can do. This is on Friday. Okay, so anyway, the volunteer hangs up, and he said, you know, it's pretty good. He said, you go from being homeless you go to a shelter, you get a job, you got an apartment, you have a bike, you have clothes, you have a closet, now you need coat hangers. That's pretty good, okay? Monday morning, a lady calls. I have a bunch of coat hangers. Do you know anybody that can use Do I know somebody that can use them? I mean, it happens like that all the time. I promise. I mean, Randy, you'll see it. I mean, it, it really is. And um, let's see, what else do I want to share about? Um, I think that's just about it. Um, the last song we're going to sing is Take My Life and Let It Be. And I believe everybody was born for a purpose. I knew a lady, her name was Lona May, and in her early 50s, she had a stroke. She couldn't talk, um, but she could smile. You could see the love of Jesus in her. And anyway, one year she read her Bible eight times through. I mean, she loved the Lord, and she'd pray for people. That was her purpose in life. And at Loving, we, we have all sorts of things. Right now we have a, a car sitting in a garage that needs somebody to get it started. The tires aired up to get it to a garage to help a man that has cancer that needs that car. We have a need for a, um, we call it a fill the cupboard. It's pots and pans. Sometimes people start over and they don't have anything. I mean, there's so many needs. And I always share with people, if you don't know what to do, Tonight, go home. When you're laying on your bed, I want you to think of the hardest thing you ever went through in your life, whatever it was. What would have made it better? And that might just be your calling. Do you care if I say a prayer? Um, Lord God, we come before you today, and we're grateful that you are God. And Lord, um, thank you. Just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be to be here today. And Lord, I pray that we go out and we do your will. Let's go, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.